Welcome to another episode of uh, Saga Media Podcast, and it's Jeremy and I today, uh, the actual founders of this particular podcast. We're teaming up uh, because Jeremy happens to have a background in microgrids and energy, and I thought it'd be good to dig into a little bit about microgrids and what they are, how they impact all of us. And so I have a couple of questions for Jeremy, but tell me a little bit about your background, how you're connected with microgrids. So, so one of my companies, we are energy developers, and we develop uh, industrial commercial sites. Um, a number of years back, as we were going through and sourcing out projects and we were looking at opportunities, we saw that there was a need for large-scale power that wasn't available from the public utility and or would take a long time for that power to be able to be delivered to a specific site for an end user. End user could be a technology park with data centers, crypto mining, or heavy using energy manufacturers, distribution, you know, like mini steel mills. Um, another one would be like semiconductor. You've, we, we've dealt with the chip shortage in recent years. So what we've, uh, we've uncovered is as we're developing this out, you know, about 10 years ago, a lot of coal-fired power plants were decommissioned. New gas-fired power plants are starting to become minimal. There's a transitional shift between large-scale solar and renewables and wind, and there's a backlog uh, of new projects because of that transition. So we uncovered um, that we needed to be, you know, we need to be able to provide energy or these companies aren't going to come. If we develop these sites, they're just not going to be there. Our background, obviously, we've been in the natural gas industry for quite some time. And so having that that background of natural gas development, heavy construction, you know, my business, my other business partner is affiliated with me in this. He's got 65 years of, of heavy construction uh, under his belt. So they've done power plants, steel mills. I incorporated that into my businesses when I joined with him years ago. So it really came down to us both having an energy background, but as developers seeing that the need in the marketplace was for additional energy. And so that's kind of where this all started a number of years ago. And we've kind of ran from it, I'd say about the last six, seven years. So what is a microgrid? This is just like, you're telling me from what it sounds like. It's a, it's not a main power plant, but it helps. It's a, it's a smaller distribution from that. And so there's, are there many microgrids outside of this major power plant? Um, is that what it is? Well, it's sort sort of, yes. What does it look like? What so am, if, I look at a, so a, if a you were looking at, say, like an industrial site, um, a microgrid is pretty much a smaller um, power plant would be the best way to put it in layman's terms. So instead of it, a, a large-scale gas-fired power plant or a coal plant having to come through the main transmission lines and the public utility – a specific, say there was an old steel mill site, okay, that had been shut down for years. The steel mills were torn down and developers come in years later looking to develop that said site. Well, generally there is power that can be available and reconnected from the public utility, but it just takes a really long time because of the backlog that I just mentioned. So what a microgrid is, is you can utilize uh, natural gas, for example, from the pipeline or gas wells that are, you know, in close proximity and you could feed smaller gas fire gen sets, or you can even do a hybrid approach where you do a, you know, a solar farm and a solar farm can feed a microgrid. What that does is that provides power for that said site. So say you have a hundred acres, former steel mill site, we're going to develop it. We can utilize these smaller gas fire gen sets and, or, a solar uh, farm and so smaller solar and combine them to create electricity 
for that site. Now that site will have its own power supply. So then if like a new mini steel mill or a data center or something like that, crypto mining operation wants to come on, we can provide them redundant power on their site and essentially island them off. And there's many different versions of, of being able to, to do that and reasons that we, we would want to do that as well. What are ways uh, to develop microgrids? What, what's the first thing you do to get one going? So first thing you do, obviously, identify the sites and, and, and what the end users need. Um, and this, again, can also be on, on current buildings and structures. It doesn't have to be on new development into industrial sites. So, for example, uh, other areas that you can this can help out would be like hospitals, you know, they can have their own power supply and this and that. But like how you would do that is I have a gas pipeline that happens to run into a specific site. We identify that site. As long as that gas pipeline isn't five miles away where we have to run another line, if we have gas that's to that site, we can utilize that gas. Smaller uh, gen sets that can provide one megawatt, five megawatts, up to 20 megawatts. The gas feeds those gen sets. And then you step down that through um, trans, uh, transformers and whatnot to step down onto the site. And then that pr provides that electricity. And then your end user, once they build, uh, connects right to it. And then they have their own source of redundant power supply, feeding it from clean natural gas and or like a solar farm. So I, I, as I moved to Pittsburgh, I started seeing, it's probably in the 80s, steel mills shutting down and then redeveloping into multiple office buildings. Uh, switch and signal went down. It's now a strip mall, you know, a bunch of different areas. How does the, can, can, when you do that, does it help the community at all? I mean, is it, is it just for that area or can a microgrid actually help people around? How does it benefit a community? So it can benefit a community in many ways. A, um, as I said, you're providing your own redundant power source, but where it gets is on a site like that, say it's just a commercial with office and, you know, an older industrial site that got redeveloped into say like condos restaurants things that site there can also have its own power supply but where that where it actually benefits the end users on site so if you are providing uh say 20 megawatts of power and your site only needs 10 that additional revenue uh, in power can be sold back into the grid so then you're supplying the outside uh world or at least in their local region their own additional power. It's helping the grid so you're not straining the, the, the main power grid. Plus that cost savings can be passed on to your users on that site, whether that's the office buildings, whether that's a data center technology park or another heavy manufacturer. Um, you can That helps the savings to keep them profitable in their long term and keeps their energy costs low. Plus for the environment, I mean, when you're doing it from clean natural gas, and or solar, I mean, those are good good areas that you're able to, uh, in, in sectors that are good for the environment. Plus, again, if you're building out these larger or older industrial or commercial sites, it's less strain on the major power grid that you, wherever area you lie into. So you're providing your own power source and not having to take that might need for new residential areas down the way. And or if you're selling that power back into the grid, that's available power for say like new, new home builds, and other commercial development as well. So when you find a spot, uh, what are you looking for in that location that makes it optimum for a grid? In some places, I'm sure you can't just put a grid there even though you'd like to, but what? how do you look at a spot and say, that's good? Um, well, it comes down uh, to resources around. So close proximity to gas pipeline um, on a solar farm, you want to make sure that you have the available space. 
just because solar, the difference between them and putting up gas gen sets is the gas gen sets can be put in a very small place and provide an abundance of more power than a solar farm can. Solar farm needs a lot of space. So I do need space. I need sunlight for that, obviously. So even if you're in a cloudier area like Pittsburgh or a sunnier area like Philadelphia, where those are positioned as well. If you're tucked into a valley, that's not going to help. So you want to be able to have like hillside property for that or a good flat space that catches a lot of sun. Um, having the availability to a, even if it was a, uh, a disconnected substation. So the substations are the larger, you'll see when you drive by, you see all the transformers right. and they're fenced in. That's generally when the main transmission lines are coming from a large power plant as they're getting passed on. That's kind of your midpoint entry point so that's not a microgrid uh no it's not that's a substation a but, substation that's what yeah okay. yep so those are where your transformers are and then you pass that power on to the next one it's how it steps down off of that main generation but having that close proximity or to a site because generally if it's an old say steel mill site that substation was there for feeding power to that steel mill because they use a lot of electricity they don't just take those out so after they disconnect them they're still there having that availability is another option because in in where we look at these sites it's a value to us because now if i want to sell power back into the grid now i have a direct connect back in once i reconnect that sub um you know uh, other areas would be you know water sometimes is good to help because if you're getting a data center on site they need water so having the availability to have water access off of either a lake or a river with like a pump station and a cleaning facility that cleans that water, that's uh, really big uh, for us. And then rail, um, having rail service nearby, because if you're getting heavy manufacturing on there, having a rail line that's on the site, next to the site or nearby really helps out for transportation, depending on, you know, if that's a iron or metals or specialty metals, they want to be able to ship that out. Uh, and, and having rail is, is, is a really good benefit for us as well. So if I'm driving around Pittsburgh, and how would I recognize that a microgrid is going up? Are there projects going on now at where that I say, oh, that, there's a microgrid going on? How do, what does it look like? So they're, they're hidden. Uh, they, they like the high, you know, because they dress it up. But um, if you see a large-scale solar farm next to, say, an airport. So, for example, Pittsburgh International Airport, it's a great project that they did. Uh, about five or six years ago, they had announced that they were going to do a revamp of the airport, um, big remodel, uh, a lot of updates. One of them was a microgrid, and they happen to have a lot of excess land next to the airport. So about 10 years ago or so, they had drilled some natural gas wells on that property. That gas now is feeding about five gas gensets, plus they built solar farms. So if you see a large solar farm next to an airport or a large prison or a jail or a large hospital or an industrial site, say like a U.S. steel mill, for example, if you would happen to see, that would be signs of what a microgrid, they're generally taking that power. That's one element is a solar panel because that's the most visible. That would be your most visible. Is there something that's not visible? Uh, The gas gen sets generally are hidden off. They're usually encased in some kind of building, uh, steel building, and they like to dress it and put bushes around and make it look nice. But that airport project is a is a model project that they did because what that did for the airport was they originally wanted to build that microgrid there because of a potential grid meltdown and uh and in case of that they didn't want to have the airport shut down that was their so ma- that can work independent of the actual absolutely grid. 
Okay. Absolutely. So they're on their for own. How power. long? How long could that uh, last? As long as they possibly need. Because, really? Yeah. Because the mean, solar is re- renewable? And the solar guess, is yeah. renewable and the natural gas is there for the next 60 to 100 years minimum. So, and, Is and it that, a drill on site or is it? It's uh, it's on a property. It's right next to their okay. site. So they own the property. Um, so the natural gas is in the property there. So yes. they got whatever's under that property is theirs for energy so, for however long it lasts. So in the in the region where they are, it's, we have the, the shale gas. So Marcellus yeah, shale. shale and the Utica gas. It's a rock formation where, and it generally lies anywhere from 5,000 to 10,000 feet down is your Marcellus shale, uh, typically. Um, and then Utica is obviously below. And there's multiple other layers of shale. But within that shale rock is trapped natural gas. So when the uh, E&P companies come in, the exploration uh, companies that do this for a living and they drill those wells, then they can uh, get that natural gas out and, and ship it right you know, across the, the field there, and it goes into these uh, gas gen sets. So the airport is powered on its own site because of that. They generate about 24 megawatts of power consistently. They are islanded off, so the whole airport plus their two hotels have their own power source. Now, they are still connected to the grid, and they're able to sell about 10 megawatts of power. So as they move forward in this project, um, a few of the companies that they like consultants and, and modeling companies and engineering firms and whatnot found that this is not only giving you your own power source for not security, this is uh, and redundant power. This is giving you a revenue stream and savings cost. So they're saving about a million dollars a year now by doing this. Um, and because they can sell the power back into the grid. So it's a profitable, uh, way. And, and so, you so know, they don't really need to be a part of the normal grid or they are the normal grid is maybe the backup. No, they could be completely cut off if they want to, but they're not because they can sell back. Yeah, their connection that's still there is because they're selling back into the grid. So basically, they're they're not only backing up their own power, they're creating a revenue stream for themselves because they're their own power plant and they don't need all of that. So not only is it backup, it's that. I see what you're saying. Okay, good. yeah, absolutely. And it's so it's kind of a, and, and where this is moving forward because there is a lot of opposition against large scale, obviously coal fire plants. I, I personally don't see any coal fire plants. Coal-fired power plants being commissioned and permitted uh, ever again in the United States. Now, time will tell. Obviously, when it comes down to if they really need power, or if we have a global conflict where power is needed immediately, they might. But natural gas-fired power plants—they actually commissioned the most, highest percentage in 2018. But since 2018, it's significantly dropped due to solar farms, wind coming online, and it getting pushed ahead of gas-fired. Because there is opposition. So because these large-scale power plant projects are either not being sh- shut down or the companies are just, just taking too long because of lawsuits and environmental groups, this is a good way to still be able to provide the necessary power for not only redundancy for an airport or another project would be the Philadelphia Naval uh, Yard, shipyard. Right. They are on a microgrid. I think it's about 10 megawatts. But hospitals, jails can use this. But for growth, we're seeing a, a trend of reshoring of jobs. It started around 2017, 2018. Um, and just in 2022, Ohio reshored, I believe it was about 26,000 jobs, a lot of it in manufacturing coming from Germany, Europe. And so the reshoring of manufacturing is coming back, and these companies need additional power that's just not available. So this the microgrid uh, technology gives availability to provide power sooner, um, because these large-scale power plant projects are a lot of them are kind of they're, they're not going through and they're being shut down and it's just a backlog this gives a, a quicker time response to be able to provide that power 
Plus, it, it is good for the environment because you are using clean natural gas with like, a, you know, renewable like solar. And on top of that, you're not putting a strain on the public utility. So as housing developments grow, they're going to be reliant on the public utility generation and supply. So this gives the availability that, yes, we are being able to develop this industrial site, bring this heavy manufacturer and or a large scale data center who is very uh energy they use high energy uh data centers crypto miners you know ai with the development yeah. of ai all this they need this kind of energy and so this it's a win-win in multiple ways because it's a shorter time frame to be able to get permitted you can do it in smaller blocks it's profitable because you can sell it back into the grid and you're not putting a strain on the on the public utility plus environmentally if it, if you know done in the proper hybrid space it, it's it's a no-brainer because it's it's clean energy and so and it's providing you know abundance and jobs and growth so what about uh reshoring is that what, what is that about microgrids how do we how do we handle so, that so where, where those two come hand in hand is is you know there was a big emphasis under the trump administration with reshoring jobs and bringing you know manufacturing back because you know over the course of when the steel mills closed down and a lot of manufacturing went out of business and so um or at least overseas, China it took the lead, India took a lot of it. So there has been a big number of reshoring of jobs that have come over. And for to give you some statistics, you know, Pennsylvania is kind of lacking, and that's where we're trying to fight with PA, but our neighbors are doing really well. For example, the numbers came out at the end of 2022, where 46,000 jobs were reshored in New York, and uh, 20, I believe it was 24 to 25,000 were reshored in Ohio. I mean, even Maryland and collectively and in West Virginia beat um, Pennsylvania. West Virginia had about 7,000, and 8,000 went to Maryland. So where this comes in is, you know, and it was an earlier question you had posed, you know, what, why microgrids, where did this idea come from? And, and so the reshoring of jobs, the power, necessary power is not available because there is a backlog. Since we fall into the PJM market, it's a, it's a coalition of 13 states that interconnect the power. So the power generation out of the power plants, um, there's a backlog because there's so much solar and, and wind that has been, you know, applications applied. Um, where microgrids come in is it, it helps bring that power available sooner rather than later. And it goes back to everything else we said about, you know, cleaner energy, not taking from the public utility. But these companies, we work in development in many different industries. That's warehousing. We're in, we build out for um, a lot of uh, manufacturing, plastics manufacturing, chemical plants. Uh, I mean, to the tech industry, again, with AI, data centers, crypto mining is a, another big one. They need power now. I mean, I have requests for 10, 20, 30 megawatts blocks of power that I could put online in 30 days if the power is there. It's not available with the public utility. It just takes too long. And these companies, and we're going to start to lose that momentum with that reshoring of jobs, specifically in the manufacturing industry. And with a lot of the... Uh, chip shortage that we dealt with and that and there's been there's been bills passed through through congress and the president signed off where there's billions of dollars available for chip manufacturing to come from taiwan here we're dealing with it out west with our warehouses microgrids give that opportunity for that they give the ability to give the independent power and it gives sovereign power for these smaller communities back you know, a lot of these communities were decimated when the steel mills left. And so they've been waiting for 40-plus years to get get some industry back. Microgrids give the reshoring an opportunity to have power available now. 
And that's kind of where um, we've been really putting a big emphasis on because the opportunity here is is now as a lot of reshoring is coming from like Germany, Europe, and then also the you know, chip manufacturers, battery manufacturers coming from Taiwan because of the conflict there with China. So that's where microgrids come into play is we can give them power sooner rather than waiting three, four, five years. Wow. Yeah. So when you, when you want to put a, when you're looking for a place and identifying it for a microgrid, what are you looking for as far as the minimum need? Like an airport needs a microgrid. Yep. Would a hospital need it or would it be an industrial area with a bunch of buildings? Um, hospitals, uh, and you are seeing them across the country, hospitals are, and they're doing a lot for backup supply because that's a security issue for them. Now, the, the getting into the, if you can get enough power uh, to sell back into the grid, where hospitals might have challenges is... A lot of hospitals are in the middle of a city, whatnot. So, like, major gas lines aren't really tied in. It's usually the smaller lines that start feeding into the city. But um, there's plenty of projects out there where a hospital likes to have a microgrid of their own, even on a smaller scale, just in case the public utility would go down. Because, I mean, you have patient, you're in the middle of surgery, and power, major power yeah. uh, goes down. You know, you want to be able to have backup supply. And what's nice is you have battery storage for that. So you're actually supplying and storing as you utilize this microgrid generating. You can supply backup power. Um, another one would be like prisons and jails. Um, that's a, I mean, that's a national, you don't want to be, have power going out when with any kind of prisons or jails, uh, things like that. So it's a, it's, a it's a necessary project for redundant power for sectors like that hospitals jails prisons and then again you get into military bases you know um like the philadelphia naval naval yard i mean it's 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 a must that they have power at all times good good to know yep anything about microgrids i need to know um you're going to see a lot more coming up we're in the process of developing quite a few projects it's going to provide unbelievable opportunity for the area and growth and uh they'll be announced pretty soon good to hear thanks jeremy good information